Hello and welcome to another episode of To My Younger Self, To My Older Self. My name's Donna and how are we today? I hope you are well, staying safe and also staying sane. Now this is part two of my interview with Lawrence. Um, as I mentioned um, previously, we do touch on the subjects of suicide and trauma. So viewer viewer listener discretion is advised if either suicide or trauma is a trigger for you i do recommend that you do listen at your own discretion and as i've said before if suicide is a trigger for you or you're feeling suicidal in any way please please i ask you to seek help it is available out there there are people that are willing to listen to you there's national suicide prevention hotlines samaritans and to friends and family as we're getting back to normal now and we're starting to socialize and you know be more go to be we're able to go to more places now yay soon we'll be sitting being able to drink inside you know check in not just checking in just to go out but you know check on everybody and seeing how they're they're feeling whether where they are right now especially as things start to move quite a few people are still really nervous and anxious about getting things back to normal i ran a poll um on twitter where you know 60 percent the question is how do you feel about lockdown ending in the uk and it was do you feel like yay meh or anxious and 60% of my poll respond respondees can I say that and um, responses 6% came back and they were anxious so that's very interesting for me and I feel anxious I've, I've been out a couple of occasions now but yes seeing my friends and family or milf and family means a lot to me but I'm not in a hurry to sit, stand at a packed bar in the pub anymore. I can tell you that much. And I know I'm not alone in that. The most important thing is you, you're not alone in how you're thinking and feeling. And, you know, reach out, check in with each other. You know, it's so important. But anyway, without further ado, this is part two of my interview with my uncle Lawrence. And here's how we got on. Enjoy. Question number two. Okay. Okay, so question two then is, what piece of advice do you wish someone from the older generation had given you? So a piece of something that you had to learn for yourself. All right, okay. So, again, an- another good question. Um, come from a very hard working families. You know, my parents worked very hard. They taught us that we need to work very hard. And yeah, we all do, all, yeah, all the brothers and sisters, we've all got that sort of work ethic. Um, and yes, I've been a hard worker. Um, I've been a hard worker all of my working life. 
one thing I noticed was that, you know, going back in the 1960s, maybe in the 1970s, we used to have coal men we used to deliver coal um, on a on a flatbed lorry. They used to pull up outside your house and hump this big sack of coal on their back. I don't know how heavy they were. It was about 100 weight, I think it was, which is 112 pounds. It's, it's quite a, about 90 kilos or so, 900 kilos. And they'd take that round your back and they'd dump it in your coal house and then go back to the lorry and uh, grab another bag and bring it round. Probably used to take 10 sacks to fill your coal house up. Mm. Now, those people worked very, very hard too. But I don't ever remember seeing a dustbin man or a coal man on the rich list. So, working hard, working hard is great and having a work ethic is great, but it doesn't necessarily get you what you want. Working smart, now that is different. Now, nobody ever told me that I had to work smart. All they said is you've got to get out there and work. Mm -hmm. So for years and years and years, I went out there on the treadmill, like everybody else that went through the same education system, working and working and working and working and working and never seeming to get any further forward. Just about getting by. Just about enough money, just enough month at the end of the money to make it through to the next month of work. So I think the biggest lesson I had to learn for myself was really about working smart and and also having a bit of a work-life balance as well. Because if you're working hard, working hard, working hard just to make enough money to get by and then you can work in the evenings and you work at the weekends to get a little bit extra, then that is all there is to your life. Now, I suspect that every single human being that has ever lived has made it. They've made it right through from birth all the way to death. They've made it from the beginning to the end. Is that the objective? Is that all we're on this planet for? To make it from birth to death? Or is there something in between called life that we need to live? And what does that life entail? What do we want that life to look like? What experiences would we like? What toys would we like? What places would we we like to visit? Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I think, I think the biggest the biggest thing that I had to learn for myself was getting off the treadmill and actually li- living the bit in between birth and death, rather than working hard, grafting, and just existing just to, just so we can make it from the beginning, from the beginning of the day to the end of the day, from the beginning of the month to the end of the month, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, from the beginning of the life to the end of the life. Mm. So yeah, so the the, big, the biggest thing is is that there is something between birth and death, and it's called life. And we've got to, first of all figure out what we want that life to look like, mm-hmm. create a plan for it, and then go for it. Which also which also again ties into the, the first question as well, because when we we yeah, we, we, we go for all the, the, these these things that we would like, we'd like to achieve. And yeah, it can get challenging, it can get super challenging. And it can get so easy to say, well, actually, you know, it's easier 
just to go back to work you know, just just to work day and night rather you know, rather than reach for what we really want what we really want to achieve and it's it's about that not giving up that finding out what we really want making a plan for it and shooting for it and making course corrections as we go through love that um, yeah so yeah so work work life balance or life life yeah. balance life 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 a little bit of work balance <laughs> i think that that is <laughs> it's true and i think this sometimes this has touched on a couple of um um of a previous episode as well and you know we brought up you work hard you and you complete i love that idea that you got the idea from watching the coleman and um and and the bin men they paid quite well actually (laughs) when you when you say paid quite well yeah (laughs) um yeah they they they, they, okay right okay okay so so here's a little thing for you then if i say okay donna i've got i've got a job for you and this job is sitting at this printing press and you can yeah. print out 20 pound notes or 50 pound notes or 100 dollar bills if you're in america yeah. but you have to sit at this machine for 18 hours a day with a day five minutes for a wee break and uh, 30 minutes but it's seven days a week mm-hmm. but at the end of the year you'll have a shed full of 20 pound notes Would you, you like use the them job? but can i actually spend them with when them? Not to me. yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> Well, you, you, you can yeah. do, but you've got seven days a week at the machine and you get half an hour lunch break, five minute wee break. Um, yeah. We might even give you we might even give you a week off in the summer. Do you want well, the job? Forget that. No, I don't. I, <laughs> I wouldn't have, I do get I do understand what, what you're saying completely though. And um but I also remember and I just say this this one of the I think more of bin men, they like to put a bit of stigma onto that kind kind of job. Um some but you're right they're never going to be able to top the witch, witch list but there's also a bit of a stigma and i remember this girl at school um, that i went to school with was a street cleaner it's not very many females as well not many women would be doing street cleaner job and someone just turned and says to her you know why do you do it she says she got paid you know at the time this is going back three a few good few years ago you know she said oh, i'll get like 300 quid a week or something like that which at that time is quite a handsome amount and you wouldn't get that sitting in an office um but yeah but then but then again, i do get completely um understand what, you, what you're saying it is about the work work-life balance and working smarter so even with me now um i'm moving into working from home and that for me is for me that is a smart way less sociable it means I am getting more time back. I'm getting more sleep back. I'm getting two hours at, at the um, at the end of my and start and end of and start and end of my day minimum because it's because my journey journey to work. And one of the things that, that I've realised with my current job as well is that they're giving me more more holiday. And I think I'm looking at around hopefully by the end of this month, like. 20 something like 29 days and that to me okay. is like wow you know amazing i'm happy and even it does kind of keep me where i am slightly because i can sit there and think well if i wanted to get 
a job that paid me more money. Yeah, I can go and get myself a job that paid me more money, but I'll be back to 20 days holiday. Yeah, you could take my job on the printing press, couldn't you? You could, you, <laughs> you could, you could take my, my job off of the printing press where you yeah. sit there for well, even six days a week then. <laughs> you know, yeah. six, days a, six days a week, six 12-hour days.
I don't know, is that deliberate though? If they taught everybody about money management when they were young, then they would leave school and they would be very careful with their money. They wouldn't fall into all of these traps of, you know, getting credit cards and all that sort of stuff that, that ties them to their job for, mm. forever. Um, and, and the whole purpose of churning a kid out at 16 or 17 with with a state school education so there'd be a, a work unit ready to get out there and yep. fall into these traps to keep the whole thing going. Yeah. Um, over the past couple of years, yeah, over the past couple of years, now I'm not quite, I don't know what the reason was, but I've had two friends commit suicide, both men, and both around about 50 years old. So, you know, they're not at the, at the early stages, they're, they're still well into it, well into life. And it's not even, it's not even a rare thing these days for middle-aged men to opt to take their own life instead of working through whatever the challenge might be that's facing them. Now, that is, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great concern if it keeps on going along this trajectory. And again, yet another reason why we need to be teaching young people, first of all, how not to get into the deep problems that we, because, we, because we've been through this life so far, we know that they've got some stuff coming up that they don't know about yet. And we should be there showing them the way and say, don't go down this road because the road, you know, there's a bridge out and you might, you, know, you might, you might go over the cliff. And then they, then they can take that advice and, and, and learn from it. But if nobody's teaching them, then they're going to go headlong down that road and being young and impetuous, they're going to be doing a hundred miles an hour. Um, and it could be a horrible crash. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, mental oh, oh. health and male mental health is wow. It, it that's a really huge, huge, huge topic. Now I don't even know whether this has got anything to do with it. Both mm. of my friends that have committed suicide over the past couple of years have both been firefighters. Isn't that uh, really do you strange? know what I think? No, it's not. I'm pretty sure I come across an article that talks about that. That that um, I'm gonna have to look do do some research do research. But I'm pretty sure I've read an article quite recently that there has been any. I don't want to say increase. There has been a pattern of firefighters taking their own lives that's nothing that's actually they've noticed as a pattern yeah and and knowing the knowing both of the lads i i'm not even sure that this has got anything to do with any post trauma mm. from a firefighting event this has been something outside of that something you know something in in, in their outside lives that's caused this um but the, you know they've obviously got to a point where they can't deal with whatever it is they're facing 
and they've opted for, which has got to be the most difficult way out, but they've done it. To, yeah, it, I mean, it's sometimes it's a case of to stop the hurt, stop, stop the pain. That's the most drastic way of how how to think. It's just, it's just an awful situation to be. So, but do you not feel that men, well, especially men, um, firefighters? ex-firefighters or people that have been in what is a traumatic stressful job to say the least do you feel like they're not getting the appropriate support that's something that the firefighters i know have been looking at quite closely over the last few years and they've they've made they've made great strides in that department and they they do post-incident debriefing and they have all sorts of courses for people that have attended really traumatic incidents. Um, now, a very, very good friend of mine, Dave, he's just retired. Um, I know that before he went off, before he retired, he retired about three weeks ago, but mm. for the three months before that, he was off sick with stress. Um, he was in charge of the watch where one that actually killed himself on duty um, on, the, on the station. Um, how that's affected Dave, I'm not quite sure. We do talk, but mm. I don't think that men talk enough. Okay. Men like to bottle things up, men like to keep things inside. Um, somebody on that fire station found you know, their, their colleague. Mm -hmm. um, fact, I'm not even going to describe the circumstances, it's just not very pretty. Um, mm. but when you when you're faced with that, it it can only affect you in a very very negative way, and it's not the sort of thing that you can, it's not it's not the image that you can ever wipe from your you can't unsee it, you can't mm -hmm. not see it once you've seen it. Mm -hmm. So yes, it's good that the fire service have got. Things, but I'm sure that you know the armed forces have, and the police have, and the ambulance service have. Um, they've got things in place. Um, post-traumatic, um, post-traumatic uh, incident to help get people to unsee what they've seen, or not let what they've seen affect them in such a negative way. Um, but do we need? To, do we need to do more? I, I, I don't know. Um, I was quite fortunate that in my time as an operational firefighter, I haven't seen anything that is sort of so traumatic to me that it, that it negatively affected me. Yes, there were some pretty ugly scenes, some things that you don't really want to see. Um, I mean, historically, I mean, when I, when I first joined the fire service, I remember the, the, I remember the first fatal road traffic accident we went to. Uh, I hadn't been in the job long, it was within my first few months. Uh, it was a young girl, she was driving her car too fast, hit a tree, um, and she was all over the place. We had to pick all the bits up and wash mm. the road down, all the rest of it. But we jumped on the fire engine afterwards and fireman started joking about her how her insides looked like last night's curry and uh, oh, I, I, I was oh, 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 I know I was thinking how could you possibly be so 
so insensitive. Well, okay, uh, yeah, okay, and that's being mild. But looking back on it now, I understand that that is their way of letting go. Uh, yeah, um, because I mean, every incident is stressful to the people out there that, who, who who we help. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, if, if as a firefighter you took on that stress and then took on the stress of the next incident and the next incident and the next incident. Remember when I, I mentioned that my first station, Highgate, they were doing about 5,000 fire calls a year. Every mm. week we were going to a good house fire or a good factory fire. And if you allowed the stress to build up and build up and build up, it wouldn't last very long. So you do need a coping mechanism, and I suppose that's why firefighters and police officers and and, and squaddies they all they all have a really sort of warped sense of humour that yeah. the rest of the world probably wouldn't understand, but they do have to have a mechanism for releasing yeah. stuff that comes in like that. And, and you're completely right because to to the outside world or to to the press if they get hold of certain things. Um, it, it can be seen as really insensitive, like, oh my God, how can you say that? But I, I kind of get get that as well. It's just like, when you're on the inside, this is how you get through your shift. And, it, and I think, going back to what I was saying kind of at the beginning is that, I think us normal civilians really do not appreciate or really forget how, what anyone has mentioned in the fire service, um, ambulance service um, and police service, um really actually see and really and it's it's the kind of thing that many of us would would literally fall apart and as you said i remember when i was working at kfc and um when i was working at kfc not many many years ago and i remember there's a huge massive pile up on the m6 motorway this is going what 20 ish years ago and I had a young guy that came in and he was, this is funny enough, years before I started driving on that same stretch of motorway every day for how many years. And he came in and I was serving this guy and he was a recovery truck driver. And he'd been called out to that, the aftermath of that massive pile up. And you remember it's like vehicle fires. And he described the scene of him and even seasoned police officers being at the side of the road literally just throwing the guts off because of the carnage and you know the burnt out and the recovery and you know the people bodies that were still literally in in these vehicles and he says he just went home that day and literally just hugged his wife and hugged his kids and just cried and to us normal civilians it's we we don't think about that no one talks to us really about that and I've got I've had you and Uncle Jeffrey and you know even this person that I'm just serving food to. I'll, I'm the sort of person that ask these kind of questions and have these kind of conversations. But most not, most people don't, and I don't really think they understand what what you guys see. So yes, your strange coping mechanisms then seem to be like you know are torn apart in the media. You know, but I don't think anyone really really understands that. I I. I, like I said, I take my hat off. I've got most respects, really, and, and it's really I, I, I do because it's 
it's not it's not the easiest job and one of the things I've always said about like like you and, and Uncle Joe is that and Uncle David is that I will never know or fully comprehend what you guys have seen in your lifetimes doing the roles that you've done but the way you guys cope with it and the way you're still jovial you're still funny and you're actually the most laid-back people I've ever come across despite all of all of these things you know so yeah, I'd say we're, the, we're the lucky person. we're the lucky ones then we, we yeah well thanks very much we're the lucky ones we, we've escaped it we've managed to come through the other side intact um yeah. some people don't um say for some firefighters it it is quite traumatic some of the stuff that they say and they're not able to rush it off and the courses that they go on post-traumatic stress causes don't help so so we're, we're the lucky ones we're, you know, we're fortunate enough to be able to, to to get past that stage yes we've seen some ugly stuff but we're, we're fortunate enough that we've been able to, to cope with it but um, anyway anyway I think we're getting a bit dark uh, it's a, well, yeah, <laughs> but I, I do think it I, I think it's, it's it's it is important and what you said and it's and it male mental health is is something that needs to be really looked at and really focused on um in no matter what sort of um walk of life and you know i'm glad you brought it up i'm glad we have touched on it and i always hope that anyone else here listening you know gets get something from it and think you know what there's no there's nothing wrong with talking there should be no stigma and no shame to any person male female talking about um anything that's bothering them and, and seeking help and you know it's 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 so important to for people to reach out and have yeah. and not just reach out that support needs to be there when they do reach out as well yeah, I mean Okay, just just to flip the coin as well on the on the other side of it, um, we go to uh, I'm, I'm I still go out with a bunch of firefighters. We we do we haven't in the last year because of course we couldn't we can't, mm. but we go to these um, these themed weekends at Butlins, we, yeah. we like Bognor Regis, um, <laughs> where they have like a a seventies weekend or an eighties weekend, yeah. and if you were to see a group of middle-aged men dressed up as the Spice Girls. Um... <laughs> oh my goodness, really? Okay, now there is a rule that what happens at Butlins stays at Butlins. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we, we, yeah we, we're capable of just being completely funny and crazy and having a laugh and a joke and yeah. letting go. Uh, of, of all the negative stuff, um, we, one of one of our favourite costumes is Elvis. If you see you know, ten Elvises all together, yeah, <laughs> we, look, we look great. <laughs> no, I love that. Uh, uh, well, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Should we go to yeah, it, is, it is about yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> I, I, sounds like you got a story in there somewhere. Anyway. We'll come back to that. <laughs> well, there is, no, what, happen, what happens in Butlins stays in Butlins. Okay. Uh -huh. So let's go into question um, number three then. And so 
and I know you, you've got a lot of wisdom here and I think you've already uh, unpacked quite a lot of it already. So my third and final question is, is what advice would you give to your younger self or the younger generation? Okay. Um, the obvious ones are looking after your physical body and looking after your 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 mental health and looking after your money. Um, and, um, I mean, I'm a, I'm, not, I'm no guru. I, I've done a lot of reading. I, ha I have uh, I have my my mentors, um, but the reason. The reason why I can see so far, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pinch a, a phrase from uh, Isaac Newton, I think it was, um, that the reason I can see so far is because I stand on the shoulders of giants. Mm -hmm. And, and okay, if there's anybody in the UK that's listening to this podcast, if you get a two-pound coin. Um, I think it's about the only coin that we do it on. If you look on one side of the two-pan coin, there's a picture of the Queen's, you know, the Queen's head on the one side, and you flip it over on the other side, um, and there's a variety of stuff on the other side. There's a bog standard one, I think it's a rose, but there's some with bridges on and people that would be famous. But if you get the bog standard coin and look at the edge of the two-pan coin, it will have the inscription standing on the shoulders of giants. Um, which is a reference to all of those that have gone before us who have left us with a wealth of, uh, of knowledge, um, uh, 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 of wisdom that we can leverage off. We can, we can use that and take it further and project it further. My advice to, to younger people is to read, to understand, to know your history, know what's come before, to stand on the shoulders of these giants and project it forwards. Yeah. So the next group of young people that come up can have a better life than, than we had and can avoid a lot of the pitfalls and uh, can be happier, healthier, I'd be more fulfilled and and just pass it on and so okay so perpetually this world should just be getting better and better and better and better and better and in some respects it is you know, if you look at all the, the the gadgetry that we've got in in our pockets and in our homes um yeah things are getting better and better and better and better and better but there are other things that aren't getting better and better and better and better and better and those are the things that we can we can start to focus on but to do that we do need to look at what's gone before look at what's worked before look at what's not worked before and and build from that so again it's, it's an educational thing my uh, my advice to, to, to younger people is to educate yourselves, mm -hmm. to read, yeah, 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 if you need to watch Coronation Street or EastEnders, then <laughs> do it sparingly, but, yeah, there's, there's, there's just so much other stuff that's going on out there that you can mm -hmm. learn from to help make your, your, your world a better place but you're probably not going to find it in front of a television screen or a game console. True. 
Um, so yeah, education, education, education from me. I absolutely love that. That is so wise words. Education. I, I was definitely brought, brought up with the education bit. I've still got encyclopedias that I that I used to read through. I always consider myself a bit of a bookworm. And I completely agree. And I I know that it, my listeners and anyone listening to podcasts or getting into podcasts um, will get so much more from will get so much from 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 what you said. But what can I say? Oh, Clarence, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. It's been fun. It's been a fun way to spend a Sunday morning. <laughs> It's been, I, I just I just love it. There's lots of little nuggets, lots of little stories. And the one thing I have, haven't mentioned, um, which I thought I was going to men- mention, but I didn't. Just, you famously was there when I came kicking and screaming. Well, apparently I, I wasn't crying when, when I was born on, onto this planet. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> I remember it well, yes. And yes, I, I remember chasing the ambulance down the road. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sure the ambulance driver told me not to try and follow him, but, uh, <laughs> but, but yes, uh, yeah, your mum was being rushed off to hospital uh, yeah. to have you, and uh, I think I've got mum in the car with me as well, if I remember right. Yeah. Oh. I don't, we, we didn't jump all the red lights, but we uh, we, we followed as really good, yeah, we followed the uh, the ambulance to the hospital. Oh. Gosh, that didn't seem that long ago. Where does, where does time go? Yeah, now that you're 21 and some months. <laughs> I think I've given my, my, uh, my age awareness podcast several times. So. Uh, now, now, I tell you what, I've got, I've got a, a great numbering system for my, for my age. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, this year, this year, I've had my 39th, 21st birthday. <laughs> I'm going to actually put that on, on, on my thing. I normally say, he's going to say, interview with Lawrence, 39 times 21. Um, I'm not quite sure that's how it works. I wanted to put it up there, actually. And I had my first 21st birthday at the age of 21, and I had my 39th this year. Oh God, I'm gonna have to wear that out. No, oh goodness me, but it's been absolutely. It's, 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 like, it's like everyone's thinking about mum because um, if you ask me uh, when when mum was born, mum was born eleven days after the Queen, and dad was born four days after Elvis. Hang on, so was so was granddad a toy boy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Not by massive oh. amounts, but yeah. Yeah, 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 you might need to do some googling, but yeah, he was uh, he was four he was four days younger than Elvis. Oh. Uh, and mom, and mom's eleven days younger than the Queen. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I. I, I... <laughs> oh, this is this has been amazing. It's been fun. It's been it's it's been it's it's been funny and I absolutely love this. We're gonna to have to do another one. And I think um as you started mentioning your siblings, I think I might have to start start doing the rounds. <laughs> uh, 
I'm, I'm, I'm your brothers yeah. and sisters. I'm pretty sure that Uncle Ricky might have an answer for you. <laughs> might have a bit of a get yeah, back. And, and, okay. Um, and if you get to speak to you, you could ask Jeff about what happened in France because um, I think it all started with him. Ah. Uh, I'm going uh, to do a special that, one yeah, where that, I get all of you on the same call to do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is that is a long story, but it's a fantastic story. Um, oh, but yeah, you have to get, maybe 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 if you do maybe if you uh, get Jeff on that one, he'll he'll, he'll fill you in with that story. It's, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just show just a uh, human nature. It's amazing, amazing. It's a, okay. it's a positive story. It's a, it's a yeah, great story. But, oh, okay. but for the next time, I think. Alrighty. Wow. Well, okay. And anything else that you'd like to elaborate on, or um, there's so much, and there's, there's another thing that that I absolutely love, and I'm going to tack it on on here, um, because again, you got invited to was it a garden party? the garden party or afternoon tea at Buckland Palace. Oh, oh right, okay. Um, right, right. Uh, I'm not quite sure how all this happened. Right, okay. So we're, we're talking modesty. Few years. Yeah. I was in the still in the fire service. Right, okay. Um, I was nominated for an award at something they call the Spirit of Fire Awards. It's something that happens every year in in London. Um, and I suppose you could, if I can describe what it was like, um, if you think of the Professional Footballers Association, every year they have their award ceremony where footballers would, amongst them, decide who was the best player of the year. And in the fire service, and they have the Spirit of uh, Spirit of Fire Awards, and I was nominated for a for an award, which came totally out of the blue. Um, it, it involved a, a, an afternoon reception at Downing Street, you know, number ten Downing Street, um, and then uh, there's an evening reception some, somewhere else. Uh, I didn't win the award, but uh, but I was nominated by by other firefighters. I suspect I suspect it was a I suspect it was something to do with my illness. Because when I, okay, something we haven't touched on was I didn't quite do my 30 years in the fire service, to uh, yeah, uh, which I'd signed up for. Um, after 20, after 20 something years, um, I, I developed cancer. As you probably remember, I had a cancer in the neck. Um, fortunately, the job I was doing at the time, I, I was doing a lot of training, so I was. Training firefighters, mm-hmm. going around different stations, doing different stuff. Um, so I was able to continue doing that, uh, and it got to the point where the fire service, my boss said, "Look, you need to get yourself sick, off sick, go home, and do not come back until <laughs> until you're better." Um, you know, I'm, I'm not one for lying down under an illness. I just did, yeah, did what I did, yeah. um, but. The one thing that I absolutely adored was my work, my voluntary work with the young firefighters, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I I just love being around young people. I love working with them. I I love the feedback that I get from them. And mm-hmm. so yeah, even though they threw me off the fire station time to go home, I was still you know turning up every Wednesday evening and doing my young firefighters and yeah. taking out camping and doing all the rest of the stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, I I suspect that that's the sort of thing that somebody recognised and and. Uh, and not, I didn't think it was that big a deal. I was just doing because it's what I love doing, um, and, and I just did it. So, so yeah, that that was the Spirit of Fire Awards, and then I think it was about a year later. Um, I had something in the post. Um, hang on, just just don't go away. Hang on. So it's hanging up on my wall. And um, do I need to take my headphones off? Or okay. Can I reach it? Uh, right. I had this, I don't know if you can see it, yeah. uh, turn up in the post and it's from yeah, from Buckingham Palace, from the, the uh, just read it out, it says, uh, uh, it's, it's got the, uh, the Queen's Royal Crest at the top and it said, the Lord Chamberlain is commanded by Her Majesty to invite Mr Lawrence Nelson and his guest to a garden party at Buckingham Palace on Wednesday the 21st of May 2014. Wow. Uh, yeah, I had a, an invitation from the Queen. I didn't even know she knew me, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but apparently so, yeah. <laughs> My mate Liz. Um so that was just something completely out of the blue. Wasn't expected. Love it. Um, I, d- I don't know I don't know how these things happen, but I, I imagine that somebody somewhere has to make a nomination. Um, I still to this day don't know who or how or why, um, uh-huh. but yes, got him. And so um, yes, took young Jennifer down and and yeah, had a, had a little time full of pomp and ceremony and all that sort of stuff and cucumber sandwiches with the crust cut off and a bit of Battenberg cake. It's all true. <laughs> um, yes, they, they really do serve that. They really do have Battenberg cake and cucumber sandwiches with the, uh, with the crust right cut off. <laughs> I love Battenberg as well. So, so yeah, that's that yeah, that was probably one of, one of the uh, one of the highlights, really. I think of my of my, uh, my fire service career. But but yeah, it was a yeah, great fun. Really it doesn't happen to you every day, does it? It doesn't. No, it, it just it's it's lovely to be recognised. I, I mean, I, the things that I do, I don't do for this purpose. But it, it's nice when they come along. I mean that that it's testament that when you you know work for as long as you have so hard as you have even at the beginning of your, of your journey but I am always talking about um, the boxing and the, and the boxing coaching and you know young firefighters you always was looking for that one little chink in the armor of you know a child that you could build on. Um, and make them realise that they're worth something, they are worthy of life, they are worthy of being on this planet, they're worthy of living. And, you know, that, that, you, you can't really underestimate how powerful that really is. You know, because you have children that are in the system that are literally don't feel like they're worth anything. And it's just easy for them to be by default troubles, troublesome kids because they they literally think that's that's all they're worth and that's where they fit in in this and life it, and, they, and, it, and it isn't and, and if that's their label if that's if that's the label yeah. that society puts on them then they have to live up to it yeah 
yeah and being able mm. to show them that, it, that there's there's another way and that's the most powerful thing about about youth work is you know showing these these children no matter what background whether they're falling into kind of gangs or drugs or been in the wrong place at the wrong time and you know been brought up in the system just like there is a way out of it there is something different and you know it's not just about showing them that way it's just they have to believe that that it's for them as well and and they're worthy and it's not an easy feat to do and not at all and yeah yeah but it's teaching the teachers to teach the learners how to learn is it's, it's something that I've, it's a slogan I've only recently come up with. But when I look back on it, I think it's what I've been doing all along. Um, yeah. I, yes, I've been doing it to help that particular young person that I'm working on at the time. Mm-hmm. But with the hope is that when they get older, they can lean over and give another young person a hand up, and yeah. it just creates, a, yeah. Uh, yeah, a, a perpetual avalanche of just people helping people help who help people who help people. See, uh, I love so, that's amazing. Yeah, look, yeah look, look, okay, I, I can see it happening. Um, my young firefighters, um, I know they're, they're locked down at the moment, but that's being mm-hmm. run by some of the young firefighters that I brought, you know, that have been brought up by me, and they're doing it now. And they're, you know, helping young people. And I don't think they've known that they haven't been in there long enough to get any, any young firefighters as firefighters yet. Mm. Um, but quite a few of the young firefighters that I've had are now firefighters. As, as mm. I mentioned earlier, a lot of them are now police officers, some soldiers, a few teachers. Um, there's a pharmacist I know. You know, I see them doing so, so well. Um, and it's great because I get invited to 21st birthday parties, I get invited to weddings and christenings. Uh, um, okay, so because of this pandemic thing, the rugby was on yesterday, but what normally happens when the rugby's on is a couple of my ex-young firefighters, they normally come and pick me up, they, you know, they pick me up from the house, take me to the pub, and we sit, we sit in the pub drinking beer and watching rugby. They, it's, it's great, I've still got some young friends in their 20s and 30s. Because yeah. yeah, um, you're not just... You're not just my Uncle Lawrence, you're like, Uncle Lawrence is so many, so many people and so many young people out there, which is amazing. I'm happy to share you. Oh, thank you, Donna. <laughs> it's, been, it's been great fun. I, in fact, I, I, remember, I remember once uh, I was, yeah, back in the days when I was singing, yeah. I, was, I was singing in a band and we were singing in Warsaw one night and afterwards this, this beautiful young girl came and flung her arms around me and she knew my name, I don't know her, but apparently she, <laughs> okay, um, but she used to go to a school yeah. where I was on the board of governors, which is just another thing that, you know, the, the fire service, I got, through, got into yeah. um, when I was in the fire service, but she, this was a primary school I was on mm. the board of governors at, so she was probably about 10 or 11 years old the last time I saw her. She was now in her 20s. Yeah. And of course, I may not have changed much in the 10 years, but she certainly had. Um, it's, just, it's just great that she even recognised me. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, who's this young lady? Like, ah, hi. 
research and thought there's certain things that I really shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't be taking or I've seen the after effects of um, people coming down so I didn't try everything once but I think you told me well, well everything's worth trying once and I thought you know what that's a good point don't knock it till you try it and you know but I just stayed away from certain things before you know what I really don't think it's yeah. for me <laughs> I must admit I've tried weed didn't like it didn't have to do it again Great. And I'm about to tell you stuff about your grandma now. And you, you want me, oh gosh. <laughs> Another, one last story. This is a lovely little story. Because, Mum, your, your dear sweet grandmother used to grow the stuff in the conservatory. Mom, oh no, Mom, I remember. <laughs> she, had this, she had this whacking great big plant growing in the conservatory. Yep. And, and she used to just boil it. Mm-hmm. and drink it like tea because that's yep. what they do that's what, yep. they've probably yeah, yeah. been doing that all over the world for, for centuries and centuries in fact i think it's now legal in america isn't it but yeah she used to do that all the time and then um i think one day when she was away the house got burgled um oh, yeah. and the police came round after and this is in the days when police used to come round after a burglary um the, the police came round and i was showing them you know the, the, the point of burglary i think they came in through the kitchen window and i completely forgotten about this huge marijuana plant in the conservatory <laughs> <laughs> so and you know the, the the policeman never batted an eyelid uh, i don't even if you didn't know what it was you know you could smell it <laughs> oh dear but he's probably I, thinking, why didn't they take it, the protein in, and then they've left that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just never occurred to me to, uh, I just walked through the door, as soon as I opened the door to the concept, I thought, ooh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, bless him, <laughs> please, never even batted an eyelid, never even batted an eyelid, but... <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Um, that plant. I just remember when she had it in, yeah, it was in the conservatory. I remember it, sure, it's, she had it in the bathroom. And I think I remember one point, cause as soon as I opened the porch door, I'm like, I'm like, oh, grandma, man, that this, you, you might have to get rid of that plant. You could, you could smell it as soon as you open the porch. I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> 
but you know, I wished. I just wished I'd, I'd learnt a, a lot of the stuff from your grandma. She she grew lemons and lime. Yeah. She grew grapes. She grew she grew a lot of pineapple. things that people were telling you that you can't grow in this country. Pineapple, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, she she could she could grow. I wish I'd learnt all that stuff now. Sorry, but can't grow a tomato. You know. <laughs> You're going to have to I'm trying. Right, I've got a greenhouse. You're going to have to conceal. I've got a little greenhouse now. <laughs> yeah, so I do need. Yeah. I do need to get more into this sort of stuff. Oh, but I love she, it. Yeah, she's well ahead of the curve. Well ahead of the curve. Um, and things like recycling. Mom invented recycling before we'd even heard the word. Um, there's just so much we could. Yeah, we could have learned had we stuck around for long enough. And paid attention. Um, and paid attention, of course. She was yeah. trying to, yeah, she was always trying to teach me stuff. Uh, but of course, when you're 16 and 17, you know everything, as you know. Yeah, Ugh, yeah I don't need to know how to cook three, no. Ugh. I can talk fish. Uh, I'll learn that later. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, the first time I actually cooked I can salt fish by myself was with Grandma and her two sludge. And it's because she wanted to eat it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> which is, which is um. lovely, yeah. But uh boy, yeah. that's a, that's gonna be another podcast. All the recipes that we shouldn't learn. <laughs> oh gosh, yes, uh, all the stuff we should have learned but didn't. Right, could be, could be another one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that might be another, be another one. question for the future. <laughs> <laughs> right, I literally—it's oh, been absolutely amazing speaking to you. I've got so much footage. I think it's got. I might have to split this one in two, which is great because I, <laughs> okay. I don't want to leave anything but, out. It's been a, it, so it, it's been a blast and tell you what, there's yeah. just so much more in there um some of the experiences have been great fun but don't forget if you do if you do uh, interview jeff ask him about what happened in france <laughs> i think i might interview uh, all of you and then have one special thing where all of you are on this zoom call to talk about this french story i think that might have to be its own episode i'm very curious now and the worst thing is my listeners are going to be invested in this story <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like a soap opera. We're waiting for the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they always leave you on a cliffhanger, don't they? Yeah. What happened? Um, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> right, Uncle Lawrence, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Um, it's, 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 it's been absolutely incredible. And. I hope you enjoyed listening to that interview or part two of the, my interview with Lawrence as much as enjoyed recording it as you could probably tell we had a good old laugh and giggle and it really <laughs> went through a few of those um, memories and some childhood memories of mine as well now I love to hear from you I love your feedback don't forget to drop me a voice message which I will absolutely feature in one of my episodes please give me feedback I love it feedback is king one of the feedback pieces of feedback I did get was when are you dropping part two so this is part two I do get kicked on the other occasion about when I'm dropping another episode which is amazing I love the fact that you guys are listening and it gives me so much courage to continue making this podcast I've also launched a website and it is tmys 
T-M-O-S-1. That's T-M-Y-S-T-M-O-S-1.com. That is my website. All my links to my socials are on there. My Facebook page, my YouTube, Spotify, Twitter. Guys, I am on all the social media. In particular, can you please click on my link to my YouTube and like and subscribe? My subscriber list is looking kind of pathetic. I am going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Hit that, sus- <laughs> Hit that subscribe button. Follow me on Twitter. Like me on Facebook and follow my page on, on there. And you know what? It would be great to read up the ante on my YouTube followers simply because I really want to start putting more YouTube comment, um, comment, more YouTube content out there. And I might actually start doing live stuff so you actually might see a video of me. I'm not quite brave enough yet. But hey, if I get more subscribers and that people that actually want to see my mug and not just listen to me, then I might <laughs> I might do it. If you don't want if you don't want to see my face, it's fine. I, I, it's, I understand. But anyway, thank you very much for your your love and support. It's always appreciated and your listens and your feedback. And as always, guys, take care of yourself, stay safe and stay sane. Take care. Goodbye.